It is good to see you back. I, of course, am here. My name is Chris Shaw. You can call me Critter. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back to the newest episode of Thomas Tales, here on the Tall Guy with the Short Stories podcast. Well, my friends, it has been quite a week. Uh, I had poultry try and come into my car. No kidding, I had a turkey try to go through my windshield and completely destroyed my windshield. So you guys almost didn't get this episode on time. As it is, it's a bit later than usual. Also, as far as news is concerned, the tall guy with the short stories now has a TikTok and its very own Instagram. Make sure to head on over, give me a follow on both of the platforms. I'd sure appreciate it, you guys. When you listen to this episode, make sure to rate the podcast. Give me a follow on Spotify. It sure helped me out and the podcast. Alrighty, that's enough of the announcements. Why don't we get into the story? When last we left Thomas, he was with a new friend, Z. Thomas had gone hunting with the old huntsman and the blacksmith. While coming very close to taking his first deer, Thomas had been attacked by a rabid wolf. If you missed the encounter, you may want to revisit episode 3 before continuing. For those of you who do need to stop, I'll go ahead and wait for you to pause the podcast. For everybody else, after the skirmish, where the young man had certainly proved his courage, he attended dinner with a smith and hunter in a pub. He'd had his first ale, and had even been given an extra day off with which to recuperate. He had returned home to find his emotions in an uproar. Thomas had been on the verge of tears, and had indeed began crying, in his bed, all alone. Or so he thought. A girl had somehow made her way into his dwelling. After she asked about his well-being, the young man's resolve broke. The weight of everything he had experienced that day began to crush our Thomas. And as he wept, comfort was found in this new friend. Z had held him as he wept. Indeed, even after he had fallen asleep from sheer exhaustion, she continued to hold him. His breathing steadied, and his body slumped. Z held Thomas in her arms. Something akin to worry touched her eyes. It was not her habit to make herself known so brashly. Z was used to being alone, living, eating, hunting, all alone. She would be alone now if she had not seen this young man fighting with her own quarry. The wolf was a menace in her part of the forest. It had frightened game away, spreading its sickly scent about. It had wandered into a bird's low nesting area and eaten all the eggs it found there. Z herself only took what eggs she needed from the birds, and now she would have no eggs, and the birds would have no young. And so it was, that she found herself tracking the monstrous, diseased wolf, so that she could put it out of its misery, as well as her own. Once she found its lair, she'd have an easier time of setting a trap and doing away with the monster. She had not intended on watching from an impotent distance while this... Thomas had dealt with her foe. But as she watched, this young man had fought bravely. 
He had not bolted or frozen. He had stood to do battle, as was proper. He had also waited patiently for the wolf to leap and killed the wolf with its own stupidity. It was bravely done, and she found herself staring as the older men made sure Thomas was unhurt. She watched them pick him up and dust him off, and she decided at that moment she must get a closer look at this Thomas. He was intriguing. He was brave. And he was strong-minded from what she saw. As she thought through the events of her own day, she began to feel very tired. And though she strangely felt very close now with this brave one, she decided to return to her own bed in the forest. Before she left the old jailhouse, Zee took one silent look back at Thomas's recumbent form, breathing easily. And as she turned to head for her own bed, she found herself smiling. Thomas woke the next morning rather later than was his usual. The young man hadn't drank the bucket of water from the well, and there was no urgency to his waking. As he yawned and stretched with a new day, he was reminded again of the previous day. It had been a full one, and Thomas was abruptly very glad the smith had given him today off as well. He also remembered his new friend, Z, comforting him in his moments of grief. He smiled broadly remembering how it had felt to know that another person cared so much that they wanted to comfort him, to ease his pain. He felt very, very grateful for Z, and he looked around half expecting her to be under some horse blankets of her own. Not finding her, Thomas began to ready himself for the day, and he had to admit to himself he wasn't exactly sure what today would hold but he was very excited to find out. He dressed in his regular clothes, belted on the knife the smith had given him, and went out to meet the day. As he walked around the old jailhouse, he lifted his face and let the sun warm him. He lifted his arms and took a deep breath, and wondered aloud, What should I do first? No one answered him, but his stomach did begin growling just then, so, he began walking toward the bakery, and as frequently happens, as he focused on his hunger, it began to gnaw him all the more. His hunger grew with each passing step. As he approached the bakery, Thomas realized he hadn't so much as gone near the place for most of the last three weeks. Busy as he was with the smithy, and the hunt, and such, he'd also taken most of his meals with the hunter and smith so there was no reason for him to be about the bakery, and Thomas now realized how much he missed it, the aromas of so many tantalizing treats filling his nostrils that he felt his mouth start to water. And with this visit, he would happily pay for everything. As he closed distance with the shop, he found it busy. There were four to five tables in front of the building. All of them had early diners sitting there, enjoying cups of coffee, Bread that had yet to cool from the ovens, biscuits, sweetbreads, juices. As he entered the building, the sight of a smiling baker greeted him. Back at long last, eh, boy? He boomed. Thomas's shrewd eye noticed the reddened eyes and cheeks of the man. I heard that smith has been working your fingers to the bone, the baker continued. 
I enjoy learning what I can about the craft, Thomas answered, and the smith is an able teacher. The baker smiled all the more broadly and brought a large mug of orange juice to the bar side for Thomas. With a nod of thanks, Thomas took a few large gulps and then smoothly slid a silver piece toward the baker. It disappeared almost before he'd withdrawn his hand, and the baker leaned closer. Paying you well too, eh? That's good to hear, lad. He then raised his voice. What's this I hear about a wolf, that, eh? Significant happenings, boy! His raised voice had attracted the attention of some breakfasters. They looked at Thomas pointedly, and the young man felt a flush creep up his neck. Oh, we... well, we were after deer. He felt his cheeks begin to heat, and began backing slowly toward the door. He did not want the attention of all these people boring into him. After deer and came back a near hero. Not like some young'uns who work around here. At this point, Brandon had come from the back of the bakery, with several loaves of bread in his arms. When he heard the words of his father, he smiled and chuckled quietly. But Thomas could see the quiet fire smoldering in the older boy. Again, Greg the baker spoke up, looking pointedly at his son. If you lived here, lad, maybe some right work would get done. And the baker banged his fist on the table to a crowd of laughter from the assembled breakfasters. Thomas watched as Bran's ears turned beet red. And when Bran walked close enough to Thomas, the grinding in the older boy's jaws was audible. Thomas began to edge toward the door further, but as he came within bolting distance, he noticed a small detail. Brandon's hands were shaking, and he had stopped walking. Bran stood in place, shaking with rage, and Thomas didn't even have to be friends with Brandon to know that violence was on his mind. "'What's the matter there, Brandon?' called the baker. "'You forget what you were doing!' At this the crowd laughed harder than ever. But when they had settled a bit, he continued jeering at his son. "'Or did you forget where you were walking?' More laughter. Thomas then made no conscious decision, but he began walking toward Brandon. Once there, he grabbed a loaf of bread out of the basket Brandon was carrying. He remembered later there was a horrid pain in his jaw as he walked to Brandon's side. Perhaps Brandon's jaws weren't the only ones creaking. He ripped a hunk of bread from the loaf and hurled it at Greg the baker. The crowd roared with laughter, as Thomas had known they would. And as they gained volume in a general rowdy manner, Thomas reached up and touched Brandon on the shoulder. The older boy looked at Thomas with tears shining in his eyes, angry tears. Thomas stood up on one of the benches and threw another piece of bread at the baker. He then made a waving gesture at Brandon, and the older boy began bullying his way through the crowd, hoping to escape the embarrassing situation. Thomas waited till he was sure the older boy would escape the bakery, then climbed down off the bench and began making his way to the door. His heart was beating very hard and very loud in his ears, and he didn't want to spend one more minute in the bakery. Watching a father jeer at his son had ignited a fire behind the young man's eyes, and he wasn't thinking clearly. The door to the bakery was only a few feet away, when suddenly a wooden mug sailed from the bar and exploded on the wall, just three feet in front of Thomas's own nose.
I have a confession to make. I love disc golf. There, I said it. If you're like me, and you also like disc golf, why don't you go to evolutiondiscs.com. Upon your checkout, enter the code CDS for 10% off. They've got all the molds you're looking for. They've got bags. They've got powder bags. They've got range finders. They've got (laughs) really anything. Go ahead and give them a look. EvolutionDiscs.com. Don't forget to use code CDS for 10% off at checkout. Another sponsor for this episode is Meech's Minis. If you go to Etsy.com and you search in that little search bar up top, Meech's Minis, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S, one more time, M-E-A-C-H-S-M-I-N-I-S, you will find some work from a true genius. Not only can the man paint minis, he can also modify them. I mean, depending on what you want done. But don't take my word for it. Go on over to Meech's Minis on Etsy.com and take a look at some of the beautiful stuff he's made. This episode has been brought to you by J. Randall Art. That's two L's in Randall, by the way. You can find J. Randall Art on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter underneath that same handle, J. Randall, two L's, Art. Stop by, take a look at some of his stuff, like him a whole lot of times, give him some comments, maybe even commission a piece or two. That'd be pretty cool. Don't forget to mention that the tell guy sent you. The crowd went quiet, and Greg grabbed another mug to hurl at Thomas. Think you're a funny hero? The baker hollered, spittle flying from his mouth. He raised the mug as if to send it at Thomas's face, but before he threw, there was a voice like a steel vice that barked, Hold! Thomas knew that voice. He had heard it in the forest yesterday, just before the wolf had sailed over his head. Every eye in the bakery looked toward that voice, including Thomas and the baker. The smith rose from where he had been sitting. Thomas hadn't known he was even in the building. From the look on Greg's face, he hadn't known either. The baker's face had drained of blood, and he was staring at the smith with undisguised fear. If you threaten my apprentice one more time, baker, you and I shall have words. I promise you it will not be pleasant. His tone of voice had gone back to normal, calm, but the hint of steel remained. He looked Thomas in the eyes and said quieter, Come on then, Tom. Let's find your friend. And he began steering Thomas to the door. Wait, said Thomas, and he pulled another silver piece out of his pocket. For the bread, he offered, looking at the smith. The smith took the silver out of his fingers and tucked it into his own peculiarly. He then lifted his whole arm very strangely, pointing his elbow at the baker. Just then, a sharp popping noise came from the smith, and a buzz trailed toward the baker. Then, a thump as the silver piece, propelled by the smith, struck smartly against the baker's chest. The big smith began steering Thomas again. As they cleared the bakery and began moving toward the smithy, the big man intoned solemnly, It was brave of you to help your friend, Tom, but I wouldn't go near the bakery any time soon. 
Greg won't be happy to see you. Thomas looked up at the big man and said slowly, Smith, I'm more afraid for Brandon. The smith grunted and said nothing, but Thomas knew the man well enough to know that he was worried about Brandon too. The smith and his apprentice walked through that area of the city, searching everywhere for the larger son of the baker. Thomas racked his brain to try and remember any places Brandon said he liked to go. They checked the sweet shop. They checked the pub. Thomas had remembered Brandon doing some work at the pub a few times. He was strong for his age and came in very useful for the pub owners when it came time to move in new barrels of ale. Brandon could haul two barrels at once, and he was only sixteen and not yet done growing, but they didn't find him there. They went down to the docks, where Brandon and his brother had once gone fishing with Thomas. And when they still didn't find Brandon there, the smith nudged his apprentice and rubbed at his belly. We've got to eat, and waved Thomas over to a cart selling sandwiches. He purchased two of them and took the meals after they'd been prepared and wrapped. Gesturing to Thomas, he led them to a shaded bench at the base of a shorter tree that provided shade ably. He took the sandwiches out, and, noticing they had been cut in half, he grunted, took one half of each, and motioned for Thomas to do the same. The big man had gotten two different sandwiches, one, a lovely warmed beef with some sort of cheese. Thomas liked the way the cheese stretched from the sandwich. The second sandwich was spread liberally with peanut butter and laid in neat rows in the peanut butter were thin slices of pickles. At first, Thomas looked at the sandwich revolted, but when he looked to the smith, the hungry crafter was finishing his last bite of the strange mashup. The smith smiled, his whole face reflecting the gesture, and said to Thomas, merriment in his tone, I made the same face my first time eating a PB&P, and I wasn't much older than you, lad. I was apprenticed to the smith that served, uh, Sir Matthew and Lady Clare of Ingers Hall. He then made an eat-it motion encouragingly, and watched Thomas take his first bite. The sandwich quickly became the young man's favorite. They spent the rest of the day looking for Brandon, with no luck. Finally, the smith looked over at Thomas and said, I think we'll have to try again tomorrow. Thomas nodded his agreement and made his weary way back to his bed. Just before he reached the jailhouse, however, he noticed there was a light burning inside. Perhaps Z had come to visit again. Thomas smiled as he quickened his pace and headed toward the old jailhouse, excited to see his friend again. But when he opened the door and gazed upon the person who was in his house, it was not Z. It was Brandon. Once again, my friends, we have found ourselves at the end of the episode. I would like to let you know that I very much appreciate you stopping by and sharing your time with me. I'd also let you know that I really appreciate all the likes, all the comments, all the shares, especially when you folks post that to your Facebook page. That just gets the word out so quickly. Thank you so very much. 
I shall continue to write more episodes, and hopefully you shall continue to stop by and take a listen. But that'll be all for this week. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The Tall Guy with the Short Stories Podcast. <laughs>